Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. This is episode 41 and the first episode of 2020. A new year and a new decade and a leap year. Yeah, this is going to be a leap year as well. There are, a, it's just, there's a ton going on with this year, isn't there? So, um, isn't it funny, leap years? It's just, uh, I just, I forgot like how that came about. So I looked it up really quickly and um, it's very scientific. However, it was uh, first, um, I guess, uh, implemented or discovered or whatever, like 2000 years ago with Julius Caesar. And then the, there was a whole different calendar system, the Julian calendar. So and then I don't know. Another 1,500 years later, they realized that calendar was completely inaccurate. And um, so they switched it to the Gregorian, which is what we're on to this day. So um, I guess basically it takes a little bit more than 365 days for the Earth to um, travel around the sun uh, in a full rotation. I, I'm not saying this right. I know I'm not because it's, it's science. So I'm not, I'm not that well versed in the whole science thing. But basically, it's that we have to make up for that lost time. And every four years puts us back on track. And it does make sure that our solstices are correct. And it puts us in the most correct uh, time that it takes for the Earth to travel around the sun. So right. Oh, which is another thing that happened, winter solstice. I'm so happy. I'm so excited that every day we're getting a little bit longer daylight. And by the time my birthday comes around, which is not that far away, it's March 25th, if anybody's, you know, wondering, <laughs> but that will be officially in spring. And um, I think at the sun, uh, it usually stays out until about six. So that's great. I mean, I'm like, if the sun stays out till six or seven, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, so it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't need to stay out till nine o'clock at night, but you know, that's also kind of cool too in the summertime, but I just don't like it getting dark at four. <laughs> um, too much darkness. So how was your holiday? I hope everyone enjoyed the holidays and, um, I probably say this every year. I'm sure I do, but I'm always glad when they're over uh, because they're just there's just a lot of work <laughs> and I get exhausted. There's just so much to do um, when you're the person that is responsible for all procuring all of the gifts for everyone, wrapping them, uh, baking, cooking, everything. It just it can get overwhelming. And for me, um, I'm a procrastinator. So I've learned over the years and actually really only over the last one to two years have I really kind of got it figured out to where I can I can do it without like getting too overwhelmed. So um, yeah, 
it's it's so much better. And in fact, this is the first year that I even pre-wrapped the presents because it takes wrapping gifts takes a lot of time that you don't even realize. And so I was so tired of like doing this at the last second and staying up so late before we have to go over to exchange gifts and so forth. So it was so much better this year. I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> Let's talk about December before we get into the new new year. And this episode is just is just me. You get me today. And then the next episode uh, will be a guest episode. So I have a kind of funny story to share with you guys. On Christmas, we're opening our gifts and um, I get the uh, 12 inch square heat press pad. It's what goes underneath the Cricut heat press. And then we get finished opening our gifts and um, there's no heat press. <laughs> so I, I held up the, the tw- it's a 12 by 12 little heat pad. And I said, well, what am I going to do with this? And he's like, what are you talking about? You've got irons. Uh, <laughs> okay. So then I realized he didn't understand that. I think he thought that that was just going to be like a little portable ironing pad. However, I did have the heat press on the list. Uh, So yeah, that was really, really funny. Um, We had a good chuckle about that. And um, he did, it it was either I was going to have to return the little, you know, $14 heat pad or, you know, he could order me the heat press to go with it. And he did. Yay. That was very, very nice of him. So uh, I got it in the mint color and I got the, um, the I think it's like the middle, or one of the middle sizes, the nine by nine. So I've, I think that's probably going to be the most versatile one for me. Um, and uh, because I do like to do some um, heat transfer vinyl and like back in September when I made um, my own uh, Bears t-shirt, um, long sleeve t-shirt, and uh, I used my regular iron, but it just, um, I used the flocked uh, vinyl and I have not used that before. Um, and I think you just need the more intense, higher heat temperature to adhere that properly. So, um, and I I have kind of been wanting to get one of those heat presses, uh, for a while. It's just not one of those like totally essential things that you absolutely have to have. So anyway, um, I haven't opened it up yet. I'm really excited to try, uh, and I'll let you guys know how it goes. Uh, it does get a lot, a lot of great reviews though. The, the Cricut heat press does because the other thing too is that it's multifunctional because you can use it with the quilting you can totally press like your quilt blocks when you're done with those and then there is this little mini Cricut heat press and a lot of people quilters use that um, to press their seams open on their quilt blocks so maybe if this heat press works really well, maybe I'll get that little one too. Okay, yeah, so that was funny. <laughs> yeah, December was a busy um, making month for me. I really uh, spent a lot of time in my studio and um, I didn't do really any quilting 
because I did have a handful of small uh, Christmas gifts that I needed to sew. And then I also tried some other um, arts and crafts as well. So I did, um, for instance, I did some machine embroidery. And I... um, I did not make the hand towels, so I, you know, when you're when you're making gifts so close to the holidays, it's it, you have to figure out like what is the, you know, most efficient way to do this where you're not pulling your hair out of your head. So I did buy the towel, hand towels already made. Uh, they're really pretty. Um, black and red checks, buffalo check, and I used a white embroidery thread, and I just did a really pretty, a couple of different designs. Um, there was a real pretty winter deer with the um, uh, forest scene uh, with a couple of little snowflakes coming down. That one's really pretty, and and everyone that I gifted them to really, really loved it. I did a couple of different designs, but they were all done in a single white thread color, which was great. Because <laughs> there's another gift that I did, also machine embroidered, and uh, it, it it has nine thread changes. And although the design is very beautiful, it's like a pine bow with gold berries on it. So um, I wanted it to be more of a winter uh, image versus uh, strictly Christmas. So um, I thought that could be used even throughout January um, if if, uh, she wanted to. But nine thread changes on a single needle machine is no fun. Not for me, at least. Oh, my gosh. And I timed it because uh, on the machine, it will give you like the an amount of time that it takes to stitch out that design. It does not account for the time that it takes to change the threads or the time that it takes to load the stabilizer in the hoop and the napkin or whatever fabric you need to load into the hoop, hook it up. You know, all of that start to finish. So I timed it and each each napkin took almost an hour. It was like 40, 45 minutes. Crazy. And then a few times the, you know, machine just got something wrong, like the something happened with the bobbin or something happened with the top thread. And then trying to figure out the, you know, where to start back on the thread breakage. It's not that bad on my machine, but it's I'm still learning this uh, new embroidery module. And and I did I mean, talk about like trial through fire, you definitely learn I learned how to do that and uh, watch some YouTube videos. Um and the manual is really not that great on this machine, so I will say that. <laughs> but never will I do a nine thread change design again, at least not on something where I have to make 12 of them. Uh, it's just it, no fun. I, I just I cannot do that again. And that's probably really meant for a more um, someone who has a business that has like a 16 needle machine or something like that. Uh, so I just didn't realize, I didn't know when I, um, you know, got 
the design and downloaded it and um I already had the threads. I thought about changing the design, but it was just too late. I I already had the threads and I, you know, didn't want to waste that purchase. I mean, you guys know, you know how all of the notions add up in our crafts and what we like to do, sewing, quilting, embroidering, all of it. But uh, yeah, so if I ever attempt to do a nine thread change project again on the machine embroidery, um, it will be for a single stitch out, not 12. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I made those and um, what else? Oh, uh, I made the toddler aprons for, I have two nieces that are both, they're five, I think five or seven weeks apart. And they're about three and a half years old now. They love baking with their moms. And I think I talked about this briefly on the last episode, but um, I made them and I added the um, pleated ruffle to it. They are so cute. It fit them perfectly. So, so cute. Oh, those girls are so adorable. So uh, I got a really cute picture of the two of them hugging each other and they're wearing their little aprons. (laughs) Uh, So I made those and uh, let's see, what else? Um, Really, I think um, that's really the only sewing gifts that I I made in December. I've made some other ones, but they were done, you know, a few months earlier. So some of the new arts that I've tried is watercolor painting. And I've been wanting to try to do this for a while, like for a few years. And um, so, uh, you know, there's nothing better than YouTube to uh, convince you that you need to try this. <laughs> So I've been watching these YouTube watercolor channels and uh, several of them were making and painting um, holiday cards, watercolor painting. So I thought that was interesting and I really, really like it. I mean, my first try at it uh, didn't work out, but I wasn't using the right paper. So that was like one issue. And Um, you just kind of have to get the feel of, you know, the amount of water in your brush and, uh, all this other stuff. And I'm super brand new to it. So, but I was really proud that I, I made this one card with a, um, a green wreath with red berries, watercolor painted and very simple and turned out great. I was really happy with it and I really want to continue um, to do some watercolor painting, I found it very relaxing. And uh, when I, it's also that um, I'm flexing like a different creative muscle, I guess you could say. And because it takes a whole different set of skills than it does when you're sewing or quilting. And um, I find it really fun. So um, I'm going to I'm going to still kind of keep that. I got a few brushes and um, some paints uh, and you can do brush lettering with the watercolor paints. I just find all of that fascinating. I did get some of the Tombow um, brush lettering markers. I tried that. It's a lot harder than it looks. So definitely when I practiced it a bit more, 
it, I was starting to get a little better at it, but I don't know why. I just thought I was just going to sit down and be able to brush letter. <laughs> that was like really, I don't know. Um, I used to do calligraphy as a kid. I got into calligraphy back then, but I had done it for like years and years and years and I totally forgot everything. Um, and brush lettering is different than actual calligraphy. But um, I, I'm interested to try it like with the watercolor paints. And um, so, yeah, that's a, a new, I guess, hobby um, or art that I um, have tried and I like it. And I want to keep trying to to do more of it um, going forward. So um, also in December, because I was so busy, you know, doing holiday preparations and actually spending time in my sewing studio and making things, um, I just took a break from the phone, Instagram, um, and all of that, Facebook and stuff. Um, I mean, I just kind of like checked in every once in a while, but it's funny because, um, the iPhone gives you like these weekly reports of your usage and my weekly usage went down like an hour and a half per week. So yeah, it was like an hour and a half, which is a lot. And I finished reading the sewing machine book that I had started months ago. So December was really, I intentionally, um, in that month, um, made it to where I was going to enjoy everything, enjoy holiday prep, enjoy making, enjoy doing something new and, um, you know, fitting stuff in there for me, um, for my creative, um, you know, fun. And also I finally made those pajamas that I have been talking about making. And, uh, I did that all on the serger and I have a combo serger cover stitch machine. So, um, you can do it completely on that, not, not even on the sewing machine, if you have those. And uh, this first, so I have knit fabrics to make um, another set. I bought Yardage, um, the Katarina Rochella fabric, which um, I have to make next. But this first fabric, I um, was intentionally just using to make it straight from the pattern, kind of like as a muslin, but... Um, like a muslin that you can wear that's not going to get wasted. This pattern is by five out of four patterns. And I had the the owner, Jessica, on last January. So if you want to go back and um, there was a two-part episode and um, she, um, she and a few other pattern designers designs clothing patterns. A lot of them are knit patterns. Um, not all, but a lot. And... Uh, their patterns are um, really, I, I, I've i made a few of them, and this is the first one I made for myself. The other ones I've made were more like kid size patterns. So um, I was really pleased at how these turned out. Uh, it really, I really don't have to make that many adjustments. I mean, I did make, I did know that I wanted to add length to the top. 
Um, and I added a little bit to the pants just in case because I hate when the pant legs are too short. But they actually had enough length in them, so I really didn't need to add on the pants because I ended up having to hem up two inches. Uh, but I definitely needed that extra inch and a half, and I probably could even do two inches on the next one uh, for the top. But I love the design of this um, pajama set. The top, um, the women's pattern, uh, it really it just follows the shape. Like you actually have a shape. Like it's not just a box top. Uh, and uh, the shoulders, I mean, it was just everything fit really nicely. Uh, so I was really pleased with that. And they have all these different options that you can do. You could, you can just hem the sleeves, which is what I did. You could also um, cut out a cuff. It could be a contrasting fabric cuff. Uh, you could cuff the pajama pants, which I did not do. <laughs> I, I opted to just kind of try to keep it as simple as possible. But they also have a YouTube channel, Five Out of Four Patterns. And there is um, one on this uh, pattern where she, Laura is the person who does these videos. Uh, she makes the pattern from start to finish. That was really helpful to see because then I could see she, um, she did do the, um, other options like the, um, the cuffs, uh, contrast cuffs, um, on, on the, uh, sleeves and on the pants. And they're really not that hard at all. I mean, it's probably just the same amount of difficulty as just um, hemming it. In fact, it might even be a little faster. Yeah, so I was really excited how those turned out. And I've had so many apparel patterns not work for me. Uh, and um, I in, in the past, I also didn't know that you should make a muslin and the muslin is where you're supposed to fit it to yourself. Um, but uh, you know, sometimes you don't want to have to do all that work. And I, I'm not that well versed on, you know, how to do all that stuff fluently. So anyway, I was really, really happy that all I did was add length to the, the pajama top and it all turned out. I'll definitely make that one again. Highly recommend it. You know, I did not watch a ton of TV in December, but I think I kind of replaced it with YouTube. <laughs> I watched a lot of YouTube crafty, artsy uh, videos and channels. And um, I'm telling you, that is a, a source of, uh, I guess, enabling you to shop because you, I discover all these cool things and then I want to try it. And so then I'm hopping over to Amazon and here's another cool thing that I found. It wasn't expensive at all. And I am super excited and happy with this um, new tool. So I saw someone making envelopes for their Christmas cards that they made and um, it looked really fun. So uh, I'll put the link um, into the show notes. It's on Amazon and it's so inexpensive. It's like $12 or something and it's fun. It's called a one, two, three punch. And it has a little punch that you press. And when you line up and score this diagonal, it cuts like a little piece out of each corner. And then you, it's so easy. You can make an envelope in a matter of a minute literally maybe even 30 seconds and it's fun 
Uh, so, um, and when I had um, my nieces and nephew over for a day, uh, they loved it. Like we did that. We made envelopes, we made some cards and they love doing crafty stuff. So it's so much fun with them because they actually like to do that kind of stuff. Uh, so they were... Um, Having a ton of fun and it's making the envelope and it's so easy. Like even my three-year-old niece was having, you know, I let her do the punch part and um, she loved it. So, um, and you, you can make other things. There's paper bows on there and you can make boxes. Uh, so it's pretty uh, versatile and I think I'm going to get a lot of use out of that little tool. So um, the other thing is in this whole like theme of card making, watercolor painting, envelope making, um, I also discovered embossing. All the stuff that I, I never really even knew about. It's so fun to discover and try. And the embossing is similar to the envelope making where it's super fast and it really adds a a wow factor to um, your envelope, to your card. I did, um, I've had this stamp since forever, like maybe even when I was a, a teenager. It's my initial S. So I dug that out and I, um, I got this ink that's specific for, um, well, any pigment dye ink you can use to emboss. But this Versamark ink is like a clear ink. And so you just dip your stamp in there, put it on wherever you want it to go. And then you sprinkle this embossing powder. It's almost like you're doing, you're glittering something. It's the same process. The only difference is once you get done sprinkling it on and flicking off the excess, you use a heat tool. It's like a super hot blow dryer, but it's specifically a heat tool. Your blow dryer will not work because it does not get hot enough. So um, you take a little heat tool and literally in a matter of seconds, when you put it really close to the embossed powder, you can see it changing from the powder to like a foil or an embossed raised surface. And I got the gold glitter one. Oh, it is beautiful. It's so pretty. So another discovery of something that is fast, easy, um, kind of kid friendly. I mean, like they, I let them do the stamp and, um, you know, sprinkle the powder on. And then I did the heat tool. Um, and again, they were amazed, just like me. <laughs> I was like, wow, that is so cool. So um yeah, I had a ton of fun with all these new types of crafts. All right, so I also watched, of course, some more Netflix, and uh, we finished The Mandalorian Season 1. Uh, that was a really good show, if you have the Disney Plus app subscription. And uh, there's a couple of these that I want to talk about, uh, because it directly relates to, to making, sewing, quilting. And you probably have seen these. The first one is Craft in America. And it's funny because I just talked about this show on the last episode. And I put a link in there for uh, one of the shows that um, aired last year. 
And I didn't even realize, I didn't know that this new one was coming out. Uh, but I am on the newsletter email list for Victoria Finlay Wolf, and she sent an email out saying, I'm going to be on the Craft in America quilt episode. So that was really exciting. I really, I love Victoria Finlay Wolf, and I love that show. So I watched it, and I am going to watch it again. It is a very good episode. And that show, I could probably watch all of those episodes over and over again because they are just so good. So in this quilt episode, um, they have several people, uh, quilters, and they're all they're different kinds of quilters. So Victoria Finlay Wolf, uh, she's in New York, and um, she, um, I mean, she she is an artist. I think that's her um, background is is an artist, and she does a lot of um, double wedding ring quilts. Like that's um, I I have her templates for that, and I've made. Um, a wedding double wedding ring quilt kind of in the fashion of one of hers that she had in her book where um you know uh, part of the quilt is done in a single like a solid color to you get a little bit of negative space and it's a bit more modern and I loved how that turned out uh and um you know she uses like unconventional fabrics in her quilts and um really she teaches uh, other quilters, um, you know, how to do her techniques. So uh, it was nice to see her interviewed on this episode. And then um, I'll just tell you who else is on this episode. It's on PBS. Uh, and they are also, you can also watch it on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime. Uh, Susan Hudson is a Navajo artist, quilter. And um, it was pretty interesting to see her story. She does pictorial quilts and she's inspired by ledger art. Uh, So um, she was one of the other quilters on there. Michael Cummings, who is also in New York, uh, he does collage art quilts and he's self-taught and his work is really um, beautiful and you know what's common among all of these quilters? And I think it's a common thread just with quilters, period, is that um, we quilt uh, stories. Stories inspire us. And all of these featured artists have that similarity. Um, so, for instance, Michael Cummings Um, His collage art quilts were stories of African-American history, experiences, the culture. And the same thing for Susan Hudson, um, Navajo artist. Her pictorial quilts are pictures of her culture and history. Um, And then there's another quilter, uh, uh, Judith content. I don't know if I'm saying the names correctly, but she's in Palo Alto, California. And her um, type of quilting is also art quilts. Um, She really only does wall hangings, um, not any kind of type of bed quilts. And her um, specialty, I guess you could say, is the Japanese resist dye, uh, shibori. And she does like this thread painting. Um, So 
uh, oh, and they also um, featured Ken Burns. And if you're familiar with, uh, he's a filmmaker and he does all of these uh, wonderful documentaries that are usually on PBS of, of all different topics. And he is a quilt collector. It's so cool. And they also featured the... Um, the International Quilt Museum in Lincoln, Nebraska. That segment I found fascinating. It is just really, it, it's it's so cool to see how they curate antique quilts and um, how they keep them preserved and how they rotate stuff. I mean, quilts have to be like refolded after a certain amount of time. Um, the quilts are never washed. Uh, so they have a vacuuming process, which I kind of showed on there. So it's really pretty fascinating if you haven't already seen it. All right. And the second show I think you'll enjoy watching if you haven't already is uh, it, it was on NBC and it's uh, season two of Making It. It's hosted by Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler. And it's a reality competition show where uh, these makers from all different paths uh, compete and they have uh, a couple of tasks each episode and every episode they're eliminated by um, the two judges, which are Simon Doonan, I like him so much, and the um, Etsy trend expert uh, Dana and I forget her last name, but you guys know who she is. <laughs> You've seen her. She's everywhere. Um, yeah. So, okay. And at first, when I, I was watching this, um, I started to get that Instagram kind of feeling where you feel so inferior and that you feel like um, all of your um, craft and creativity is crap. So you know what I'm talking about when you see all this amazing stuff and then you feel very intimidated. But, uh, you know, as the show progresses, you see that they have a whole team of helpers. Each one of these makers has a team. They have a carpenter expert. They've got, you know, runners and stuff like that. So they're not doing all of this by themselves. Um, and... Uh, the only parts where I kind of felt inferior, inferior were the parts where I'm not familiar with the materials that they worked with. So, um, and, you know, when it got closer to like, you know, there was a, a part where I'm not going to spoil a ton, so don't worry about it. But there, you know, when when they do stuff that's more in your wheelhouse, uh, you kind of then get a comfort level and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see what's going on here. And that's cool. I could do that. Uh, so... Um, the only other thing I'll say is that uh, I I do this like um, in the very first episode, and I like to do this in the, the Great British Bake Off, too, um, where I try to pick out who's going to be the winner or like who the top three are going to be. And in this show, I did pick one of the top three um, people. So I, I thought that's pretty cool. Like I could identify the talent right at the beginning. All right, so let's get into the new year. Happy New Year. And um, actually, I'm going to tell you how I started the new year yesterday, because <laughs> I'm recording this on Thursday, the 2nd. So Wednesday, New Year's Day. It's sunny out. It's unseasonably warm here in Chicago. 
and uh, which means like, you know, 40 degrees, 39, 39, 40 degrees. So I, it's sunny out and I go take my dog for a walk and we're almost home. And there is this dog at the corner um, house on our block. And uh, we have, so the way that our city neighborhood works is that there, um, we're on one way street and then there's the house, the tiny backyard, and then the garage, and then there's an alley. So everybody pulls into the alleys to get to their garage. So we're walking down the alley and the sun is low, you know, because the winter sun is lower in the sky. And so I have that issue. And then the issue of this dog on the corner house, which is very mean. There's a couple of dogs there. They are um, Siberian Huskies and they have a vicious bark. they, They are mean. They scare my dog and, um, you know, scare me. And I doubt because the this this backyard is not even a yard. It's all cement. A couple of the houses in our neighborhood only I've only seen two, but they have cemented the entire backyard. Ugh, it, I know it's so urban, but it's just I mean, Oh, I, I don't know if I could ever do that. You need a little bit of grass, a little bit of, you know, greenery and oxygen coming back into the air. <laughs> so, yeah, these dogs are always in there and that cement. Poor dogs. They don't even get grass under their paws. So, yeah, they don't really get out. They don't get exercised. They're not socialized and they're mean. So, so I had that. And this dog snuck up on us because usually, you know, we can see them when we're approaching. But we were almost completely, you know, walked past there. And then all of a sudden the growl and the bark and then, you know, it startled me and my dog. And so then I turned around and then when I turned back, the sun is like blinding me. And then there is this uneven crack in the cement with a raised it was like just like a step and tripped right over it I tripped and I fell straight down into cement on my right knee and my left palm got the worst of it so my right just underneath the kneecap is so swollen and gouged and painful I can't kneel on it at all Um, it hurts when I go up and down, whenever you bend the knee, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. And same thing for my left palm. So yeah, that's how I started the new year with a big trip and a fall and injured myself. (laughs) Oh boy. I really hope that's not an indication of how this year is going to go because I have high hopes for it. (laughs) So you know, the new year just kind of brings around everybody, um, you know, does their thing, whether they do resolutions, I don't do resolutions, whether they do the word of the year, I don't do that either. Um, But I do like to set goals for the year. So I've been thinking about that. 
and uh, I have some goals, you know, both for my business and for personal. So some of the ones for the business is that I want to, you know, streamline the podcast tasks for efficiency, because it does require a lot of time, especially when you do everything from beginning to end. The day that I can outsource the editing, oh my gosh, will be like a total dance day. (laughs) The editing is just like the, I think the biggest uh, time, uh, what takes the most time in podcast. Uh, So yeah, so that um, I want to do some more regular video posting on YouTube. Now I've got the camera that hopefully I can, you know, do that. Um, and, uh, I want to work, you know, on some pattern design and possibly, uh, adding some handmade things to my online shop, handmaids and, uh, patterns. So we'll see how that goes, but those are like my top three, uh, goals. And then some personal goals like everyone eat healthier, lose weight, exercise more. So yeah, that's on my list personally. And then home improvements. So yeah, that's it. That's that's starting the new year. And uh, I don't want to get like crazy goal setting um, and be too over ambitious with that. I've you know, done that in the past. And I think I'm so much more better at that now than ever before. So, um, so yeah, that's what's happening uh, for my new year. Um, And then, you know, with the new year, uh, people uh, get their new planners. Uh, So, I do a lot of stuff on my phone. I use the Google Calendar on my phone. I use the reminders on my phone. I use the Notes app. So I have stopped using a paper planner probably like nine years ago. But um, the paper planners have really, you know, have a strong comeback. Um, And it's been very strong um, at least for the past five years, and especially in our industry, because we've got the quilters planner. Um, there's a couple of other planners. Um, I know there's one for um, apparel sewists. So um, I, I kind of wanted to see what would work for me. And last year, I got um, a size of a planner from Michaels that was similar to like what the quilters planner would be. And I already knew myself. I already knew. I'm like, this is not going to work. But I got it on a clearance price after the new year. So um, and sure enough, I did not use it consistently through the year. I found a planner that I think is going to work for me. Because I like a smaller this I, I this planner is called Go Girl. You could get it on Amazon, and I will put a link in my show notes. Uh, and a side note, so Amazon I is an affiliate. I am an affiliate for Amazon. So the links that I put on my show notes will help me if you click on there. And even if you don't purchase what the link is for, let's say you buy something else, 
um, I will still get, you know, something um, or potentially get something. There are like all these rules and minimums, but whatever. Um, I'm just full disclosure. They will Amazon links on my show notes are affiliate links. Links to any other products on there are not affiliate links. So I don't get anything, no sponsors or anything like that. So this planner, Go Girl, is five by eight. A nice little size, but still big enough that you can um, have enough room to write things. And um, I, I wanted this, I wanted to have a paper planner, even though I still put most of the stuff on the phone. Um, I wanted to have it as a combination, sort of like a journal and a planner slash calendar. So the beginning part of this book is, you know, 12 months of a 30-day calendar. The other thing I like about this planner is that it's blank. So you can fill in the months and the weeks. And for instance, I started using this at the end of October. And I used it all through November and December up until mid-December and then stopped (laughs) because it got crazy, crazy busy here. However, I can just pick up now um, in the new year here. And so the last... The last week that I used was uh, the week of December 9th through the 15th. So flip the page and it'll be January. So that's fine. I mean, I'm okay with that, um, but it's just fun. And I've got like some of the little stickers and there's some of these motivational ones where, you know, at the beginning of December, I used the sticker called, and it said, stay focused. Um, there's a little stickers that, you know, have all these common things that you might do, like exercise or <laughs> uh, other things. So it's it's been kind of fun, and it's creative. Uh, I, I also got a pack of the colored um, pens that you could use. Um, in this planner. So it's a lot of fun. And um, we'll see, we'll see how I stick with this throughout the year. But I do like that. um, I can just continue to use this even if I skip weeks or even a month, (laughs) per se. But um, it's a nice size. I, I, I don't I find it like easy to use. And for me, I like that. And I like the way that, um, like, the 30 days calendar at the beginning um, will also have, like, this month's goals. There's a section for that. And there are some, there's another list for, like, you know, life balance goals. For example, health and fitness, fun, recreation, hobbies. And then in the weekly pages, um, there's plenty of room to write down for every day. So each week covers, um, takes two pages. On the first page, it's all, you know, the week. And then on the second page, it has... um, 
where you can write down the priorities, your to-do list, um, routines. You can check off some routines. And then there's the second half of that page is completely blank where you can write whatever. I really like that. I, I like that a lot. It's very flexible and it um, allows you to really kind of to add some journaling and stuff to this. So, um, yeah, uh, I'll, I guess I'll like let you guys know how it goes. But I did well October, November and the beginning of December. So that wasn't too bad. We'll see how I can keep it up going forward. I think the last thing I'm going to talk about today are the WIPs and new projects that I want to work on this year. And WIPs mean work in progress. So first I'm gonna finish quilting my niece's baby quilt. That's been um, <laughs> basted for a month now, but I just had to set that aside to get all of this Christmas and holiday stuff completed. So um, it's now it's just a matter of taking the time to actually quilt it. And another quilt, um, I need to make a wedding quilt for a cousin that's getting married later this year. And I have ideas on this quilt. So I want to keep it kind of um, simple because I am very notorious for um, just overcomplicating uh, and and um, wanting to do these really meticulous long <laughs> takes a long time to do quilts. So on this one, I want to try to incorporate a double wedding ring, but not on the entire quilt. So I'm going to fit that into the design and I'm going to do the rest of it to where it doesn't take forever to piece it together um, and quilt it. So that's on my list to do. And maybe I can make that into a pattern if it works out. And I also have a quilt to make for my brother. Now that's gonna be a queen size quilt. I already have the fabrics for it. We already have an idea on the design he wants. My brother is a Shotokan karate instructor, um, black belt, and um, Shotokan is the traditional um, Japanese version of karate. So this is gonna be a, a Japanese themed quilt and it's a very minimal design uh, with the traditional um, pagoda that I want to do in red on a black background. So um, I'm going to use the Japanese inks that I got at the uh, quilt festival last spring and a stencil that I got, a couple of stencils. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to working on that. And then uh, I want to do more small and quick projects. Uh, it seems like the last few years I've been doing a lot of long involved uh, quilting projects. So I, I want to balance that out more and I want to make uh, mini quilts, um, clothing, which I've already started with the knit pajamas. Uh, bags because I haven't made bags other than the bags that I made for gifts this year. Um, so I do more of those types of things and, and things that can be done um, fairly quickly, uh, but yet um, are still fun 
and challenging. So, um, oh, and I definitely want to finish. Last year I started, <laughs> again, notorious for this, of starting quilt-alongs and not finishing them. I have two of those. I have the um, Allison Glass Trinket. So I that is all organized in a box. So I can just pick that up and start working on it. So that is um, a work in progress I want to complete this year. And the other one that I have is the Libs Elliot quilt. Now this is a smaller quilt. I, I even think it's only like a 30, 36 inch square. Um, so that that I just have to finish. That wasn't a quilt along. That was a quilt class that I took with the, the quilt guilt. So those two uh, work in progress quilts, uh, I definitely want to try to complete this year. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'm sure that you are going through all the same things that I am as far as setting some new goals for the year, looking forward to the new year and um, getting excited about the things that you're going to make, quilt, sew, um, paint, whatever. Uh, so the next episode... I am going to have Juliette Vanderheiden, and she is the Tartan Kiwi. She designs uh, foundation paper piecing patterns. So that will be coming up on the next episode. And coming up on the Patreon bonus episode, there is going to be additional um, audio conversation with um, the Tartan Kiwi, Juliette. All right, everyone. Um, happy New Year. I wish all the best for everyone. I hope that this is a wonderful start to a new decade, a new year, and a fun leap year. Happy sewing, quilting, and making, everybody. And please share this podcast with your friends, with your quilt guilds, uh, with anyone you think who will enjoy it. And if you haven't already, please rate and review on iTunes if you can. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast. The podcast is produced recorded and edited by Stephanie Socha. Until next time, have a great day. Bye.